0: For my small bookstore to thrive, I can't just sell books. So I created a radio ad at iHeartAdBuilder.com to tell everyone about our author events, our story hours for kids, and our amazing lattes. Now we're busier than ever. I'd call that a success story.
2: A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com.
0: America's Next Top Model allegedly paid contestants only $40 a day. Ridley Scott isn't happy with the Gucci family's response to House of Gucci. And we're talking with BuzzFeed's Ada Nietzsche about the new movie King Richard and Black Representation on Screen. It's December 1st, 2021. Hey, friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And
1: I'm Shiloh Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Okay, Casey, so obviously it is December 1st, which means happy happy day to you. (laughs) Yes, I'm living my best life, but it's also the day that the Spotify Raft came out and it's Uh like
0: my my Instagram stories has influenced
1: me. There is like, it's all over social media. Who was your top artist?
0: (laughs) My top artist? Um... Oh, I think it was Olivia Rodrigo. I was I paused because um, I was thinking of what was my top song, which differed because it was "There She Goes" by The Laws from and the parents, specifically trap. of the parents. Yes, save, <laughs> I know which, it um, well. Stephen Stephen texted me and said, "Did you know that song supposedly about heroin?" I was like, "Thanks, Stephen." Don't ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so that was my top one. But then the next top four songs were all Olivia because. I had a very big period in my life where I screamed, sang it in my car every day. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. I feel like it was a very, like, car
1: album. It Um, was. I only listened to it in the car. Right. Uh, My top artist was SZA, and my top song was Kiss Me More, which, like, great song, but I was mad at myself. I was like, oh, Shyla, don't be one of those people that listens to TikTok songs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, All right, so moving on, a former America's Next Top Model contestant revealed some surprising information about the compensation for being on the show. After another Twitter user posted that the contestants allegedly received only $40 per episode, Sarah Hartshorn, who was on season nine of the show and is now a comedian, shared the tweet confirming that it was indeed only $40, plus, quote, no residuals and we had to pay for food. People quickly began to drag Tyra Banks with one person tweeting, if I was Tyra Banks, I would live every day in fear of the inevitable Netflix or HBO documentary of ANTM. And just so everyone knows, I live every day with the joy that we might get that one Yes, day. like I never watched <laughs> America's Next Top Model, but I
1: would watch that special. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is horrifying. Um, I know that like it's been on for years. And we see clips coming back all the time of like how models were treated. And like, it wasn't great for a lot of reasons, but to know that they suffered through all of that and still was
0: like, they were making way below minimum wage is just, I I know it it literally did not surprise me at all, but I do hope this is the nail in the coffin that gets us the documentary because I really do want that. I really do. But I mean, literally none of this is surprising. Like I watched it growing up, but I definitely like, I don't get any enjoyment from rewatching it because, oh my God, is it bad? Like, I mean, from them modeling as homeless people, like just as like a fun challenge for them to do or modeling as different ethnicities than what they are you know with changing their skin color no one wants that everything's bad fat phobic all around you know not a great time no
1: no just hbo give us the special please (laughs) (laughs) all right in other news just one week after blaming millennials for the last duel's poor box office performance ridley scott is now complaining about the response to house of gucci Not long after the release of the movie, the heirs of former Gucci chairman, Aldo Gucci, released a highly critical statement saying, quote, Although the work claims to want to tell the true story of the family, the fears raised by the trailers and interviews released so far are confirmed. The film carries a narrative that is far from accurate. They went on to say the film paints the Gucci family as, quote, thugs and called it, quote, an insult to the legacy on which the brand is built today. Ridley, in turn, told Total Film he felt the heirs were, quote, alarmingly insulting, saying that Al Pacino did not represent physically Aldo Gucci in any shape or form, and that they should, quote, be so fucking lucky to have, quote, probably the best actors in the world portraying their family.
0: Shiloh, I'm so over Ridley Scott. It's yeah, not can even be funny. Quiet? <laughs> like, like at first, when I saw, when I saw the Gucci family response to it, uh, I was like, I was like, eye roll, like whatever. And now I'm on their side. <laughs> right. No, now I'm on sucks. their side. Because <laughs> Ridley Scott can't keep his mouth shut. I mean, he's so he feels so out of touch and he feels like just such a grumpy elderly boomer. I think he's older than a boomer. He's a curmudgeon. He's a curmudgeon who he's just like, as soon as you insult him, he's like, well, 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 you suck.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's you like, know? how come you can't take like, constructive criticism, especially from the family? Because he's, an, he's an old white man. <laughs> that is the problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the problem. Truly, for everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on. The new movie, King Richard, has been out for a few weeks. And for the most part, all we've been hearing is that it features an Oscar-worthy performance by Will Smith. But it also happens to be one of the best representations of a Black family on screen that's ever been done. Today, we're joined by BuzzFeed's Ada Nietzsche to talk about the success of King Richard. Hi Ada, thanks so much for joining us today.
3: No problem thanks for having me
0: (laughs) you guys she's laughing because i butchered the intro i took it again we're just gonna pretend it didn't happen but we're starting this with laughter and i love it okay so you recently wrote a piece for buzzfeed about the new film king richard and how important it is to have this kind of black representation on screen what was it about king richard that was so effective for you
3: it was just The nuances in the film were just so beautiful to me because I expected a sports film. It's a tennis film. And I've seen, we've all seen a million sports films up and down all the same time. So they kind of have the same formula. But I think there was such a strong focus on family that I haven't seen before. And there was a lot of focuses on like the black family and the black family dynamic that I think that maybe some people just don't get offhand. But for me, I was like, oh, I can... I get less like my dad's attitudes is the exact same way here.
1: <laughs> so how would you
3: say that King Richard differs from
1: other recent stories about Black families or Black communities? I mean, we've talked about this before on the show. I mean, in the past few years, Hollywood has made an effort to tell stories about underrepresented communities. Obviously, they can always be doing more. So how would you say that this one falls?
3: I would say it's a lot better than the rest that I've seen, because I don't know who Yes, Hollywood is trying to, you know, shake up and make sure there's more black stories. But are they making sure that those black stories are being told for black people? Are they making sure they're being told for white audiences? And you you tend to see like a big explanation. Like if somebody is using a phrase and then all of a sudden there'll be a weird explanation. So for somebody else to understand. But with King Richard, it was more like this was made whether you get it or you don't. But they know who they're talking to. And it was clearly that it was made for a black audience
0: and yeah we're going to talk about this later but i think what was so important about that is how much the family was involved yeah you know and so as you're saying it's like you need to have you need to have black people on the other side of the lens and the camera and making sure they're in the room to make this an authentic film
3: exactly and then also just trust what they say because i in the same way well you know we all work at the same company i'm sure i can write something and it may be edited or somebody may have a note and because that person's higher up, you feel that you have to change it, which may happen. Like, yes, you might have hired a black director, but when they're going for approval rounds and they're like, chop this up, chop that, they don't, they might not realize how important those tiny little details are. And then that's when you lose the feeling of the film. And I think with King Richard, it was clear that that wasn't lost. And it wasn't included in my post, but I did also talk to some of the other producers and they were talking about how they, felt that it was really important just to let the director and Isha Price just run with it. And when they said that this little family moments had to be kept in, they were like, you know what, you know what you're doing, just let it in.
1: And, you know, obviously the Williams sisters themselves are like cultural icons and a huge part of this movie. Like you have, it's like, you know, their family story, but then again, they're also working behind the scenes. So as a black woman, what was your relationship to Venus and Serena before you saw the film? And did
3: seeing the film change that relationship in any way? Um, As a black woman, as a black child, of a time of two girls in the household around the 90s, early 2000s, I was pretty much put into the Serena Williams training camp. And my dad was also like, I'm about to build two Williams sisters. (laughs) And we were being dragged to tennis trainings and God knows what happened. And he just couldn't accept that we didn't have the skill. So I felt like I knew the sisters very well. And obviously they've always been icons and you've always looked up to them and they've broken records and records and records. Um, Seeing this film, I think it was, I don't know, it it did definitely humanize them more and it was more like the drive and the graft from a black dad to their kids is like something I can see and I can see how they were pushed into the women that they are today. And it also kind of just, it showed me that it's just not, it's not impossible for all of us to do. It just depends. Obviously you need skill, but um, (laughs) if, if you've got it, there's a way to, there's a way to go about it. So, and I think it also just shaped my opinion on Richard a bit more because I think growing up, so like, like I said, I played tennis, so I grew up, reading about tennis and obviously other people have seen things that were written about him in the press. I just saw him as an overly strict black dad that seemed to not let his daughters do, want to do anything. But now watching this film and you really see his perspective, you can understand his reasons why. And then you realize that, well, the media that was writing about him before was white media. So they didn't understand his perspective. But again, it's the same story. Again, you have to be, twice as good to get anywhere and all he was doing was trying to make it make sure his kids were twice as good to even get a look in
1: so i saw a lot of people online criticizing the film after you know like original reviews or first reviews i guess after the movie had come out and a lot of people were criticizing the fact that it wasn't more focused on Venus and Serena. And it was like, well, I mean, obviously the movie is called King Richard, so it's going to be about their dad. But a lot of people were like, I can't believe that they made a movie that was, you know, about the man and not the daughters and like all of this stuff. But then a lot of other people were saying, no, it's really important to like highlight like Black fathers and like, you know, had he not been there, like that would have been a criticism. And especially because Venus and Serena were behind the scenes and like had a lot of say in like how the film was made do you have any thoughts on that or
3: like that particular criticism I think I understand where people are coming from especially to in today's age but I think they didn't get the point of it being around him I think you have to you can't tell their story without him and he is like he changed the game he changed the tennis format. So you can't just do a two line about, you know, they were just training and training and training. He is, he is the most important in, in the early, in the early phases. And the whole film leads up to what Venus's first like professional match. I think with other sports films, if it ended where she was right now, then he wouldn't have had like so much of a role, but your dad is going to be, like, a main part of the role when you're just leading up to, I think, what, she was 14 when the film ended? Yeah, they're children. So what were people expecting that? They were just going to... They were running around? No, their parents are taking them to the matches. They're training them. They're teaching them. Like, they are the most important in that household. And also it was a tight knit family and it was a very, it was a close family physically with the small space that they had and also just like the family dynamic. So I thought the criticism was quite harsh and also, yeah, again, why would you go to a film that's called King Richard and then be surprised that it's Richard. That's the main character. And
0: I, I think this is just, you know, this is like another problem we have where it's like, we've gotten to this point where people expect one movie to be everything for everyone. And it's like, no, okay, we'll have the King Richard one. We can have a Serena and Venus one too. We have time yes like we can have many more movies <laughs> I would like also, it <laughs> they
3: okayed it like yes, it's weird right, to that's the thing it's weird <laughs> to make it a whole like massive think piece as if they weren't involved <laughs> like if they weren't involved okay maybe you might have something to say but they were they were literally there every step of the way yeah from my understanding they wanted this movie to honor their father
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> anyways uh, got- <laughs> gotta love the internet <laughs> all right well we'll be right back to talk more about King Richard Hey, Lethal Listeners, Tig here. Last season on Lethal Lit, you might remember I came to Hollow Falls on a mission, clearing my Aunt Beth's name and making sure justice was finally served. But I hadn't counted on a rash of new murderers tearing apart the town. My mission put myself and my friends in danger, though it wasn't all bad. I'm gonna be real with you, Tig. I like you. But now, All signs point to a new serial killer in Hollow Falls. If this game is just starting, you better believe I'm gonna win.
2: I'm Tig Torres, and this is Lethal Lit.
0: Catch up on Season 1 of the hit murder mystery podcast, Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery, out now. And then tune in for all new thrills in Season 2, dropping weekly starting February 9th. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. Listen to Lethal Lit on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. First in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com, and now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask
2: the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A. to examining why booing is as big a
0: part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Welcome back. We're talking with Ada and Nietzsche about King Richard. So you got to interview the cast of the movie in preparation for this piece. And something that stuck out to me was something that Will Smith said about portraying Richard Williams, saying, quote, he wasn't like the image we have, the overbearing parent that's pushing his children. And I mean, you were just talking about this before the break. You know, based on that, how do you feel like the film ultimately portrayed him?
3: I think the film completely humanized Richard because I also saw him as this overbearing... I think if you're just growing up watching this guy and all you hear is that the William sisters want to play these competitions and their dad won't let them then you just think oh they've just got like a really strict dad that won't let them out the house there's always method to the madness and I think this was really good to see that I think he was definitely portrayed but he was portrayed by white media I think that now that we have more I don't know black writers black journalists if somebody had actually spoken to him that could understand him we may have got what we can see in this film today so yeah i think he was portrayed in a good light i'm not saying that everything he did was correct but i could also just see my dad in him and also i think sometimes i don't know i think we think every parent should be perfect people are just learning as they go so you can also see a man that is learning as he goes and he sees that he has two exceptional kids and he's just trying to figure out how he can better them and make sure they become the best and no one's saying he's perfect but to be honest i think he well we can see he did a pretty good job yeah. so <laughs> better than most <laughs> exactly so and i think it's also a testament that their relationship hasn't broken like i think yeah I think it was honestly horrible for them and they felt that they were being emotionally or like a- emotionally abused. Then they wouldn't be speaking to him and they wouldn't make a film yeah. about their dad because we've seen we can also like see other families where the dad was really abusive like we can look at the jacksons and that is something where you can say point blank this is what was happening this was an abusive father but and he was almost been made to seem with the media almost the same level as Joe Jackson that was like they really dogged him out they really made him seem like he was an evil character but now this film has now made me think like no he his heart was always in the right place he may not just had the words to make sure it got there but look at look at the result today he has two girls that absolutely adore him
1: <laughs> and you know you also spoke with Venus and Serena's sister Isha Price who consulted on the movie did you get a sense of how she felt about seeing her family portrayed on screen
3: yeah, it was a really nice conversation with Isha. She's initially said that we talked about how she was scared. I think a lot of Black families, she be honest, a lot of families in general, but a lot of people just don't want their business on the streets. So then you're just really opening the door for people to criticize as much as they can. And and that is literally what has happened. But I think she loved it. I think she loved kind of getting to tell the proper story. And she just loved all her input. She loved working with them, um, Sanaya and Demi. So... Yeah, it must have been scary, I can imagine, because I honestly, if somebody told my life story today, I'd be like, just shut that down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, I think that's just like what you were saying, like if their father had been like, you know, too strict or too anything, we would know about it because they wouldn't have a good relationship. Let's talk about how she likes the film. That's a big thing to like a review of your family on the big screen. Like that's a testament to how good and accurate and beautiful the film is.
3: Exactly, exactly. And like I said, nobody's perfect. And they weren't trying to show him as a perfect person. They were showing flaws and all, which isn't easy to do. But I think they did it in a beautiful way. And I think a lot of people are going to watch that and relate and at least learn from it.
0: Okay, so finally, there's been a lot of talk about Will Smith potentially getting nominated and winning an Oscar for this role. What do you think about that?
3: I'm going to say Will was acting. He was really acting. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: there sounds we go. like it.
3: <laughs> he was acting and he said himself, he knows he did better in this than like Pursuit of Happiness. And yeah, I cried twice in this film. It should get something like, and not just him, like the girls killed it. They absolutely killed it. So Whether he's getting an Oscar nom or Sanaya's getting a supporting nom, like, somebody should get it because you could tell that they really work work their asses off. And for, like, especially with the girls, I like, they're so young. I think I can't... Yeah, when I was speaking to them, I was like, I honestly can't believe that you performed as well as you did. So, yeah, fingers crossed, but... If you know there's a lot of good films this year, man. <laughs> Always
0: are. Always are. <laughs> there's a lot of good films,
3: too. My, my fingers are crossed for <laughs> All
0: right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today.
3: No problem. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. Come back and
0: join us tomorrow. And remember, please give us that America's Next Top Model documentary. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment.
2: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Thursday, February 10 Kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player. Delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Presented by Nationwide and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022 delivered with Uber Eats will be revealed. NFL Honors presented by Invisalign. Thursday, February 10th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. Plus. All times live except in the Pacific Time Zone.